Hi, Gregory. Hey, Colleen. Here we are. Episode three of season two. Mm -hmm. This officially marks the halfway point once this episode is done because there's six episodes. It's pretty amazing. We've been learning some amazing things so far. Mm -hmm. It's gone by Uh, so fast. uh, As it started to get colder, I actually hold this episode in a very special spot because it reminds me of a warmer time when we had to walk, uh, we had the opportunity to walk through the Emerald Award winning Dale Hodges Park. No, I think you're not remembering correctly, Gregory. Uh, Do you remember we spent the whole day there (laughs) and first thing in the morning, I think I had to lend you a certain sweater because you did not dress appropriately. You are so correct. (laughs) And of course I would forget that. I am never dressed appropriately. For these things, <laughs> don't even get me started about our trip to Kananaskis. <laughs> yeah, and but, then um, we met Sans Façon, so both Tristan and Charles, who were the most fascinating people uh, I've ever met. And my favorite part of our meeting, aside from walking through the beautiful Dale Hodges Park, uh, was the moment that uh, Tristan Surtees, who is very much an artist, said that Colleen and I were artists as well, <laughs> by his definition, which is it, which is shared in the episode. And I have to say, I'm still fanboying. It was the best moment of my life. <laughs> Tristan, if I you're shall... listening to this, Gregory will not stop about it. <laughs> <laughs> I hold on to it to this day. Validation. Um, totally. But yeah, we... We had a beautiful day in this park mm-hmm. and learning more about it. And the great, the the amazing thing about it is that it's not just a park; it's also a stormwater treatment plant. Uh, so pretty cool. Um, I I think the thing that really stands out about this episode that we're excited to explore is the theme of collaboration and its importance. Um, as the Alberta Emerald Foundation, we see a lot of projects that come in. Um, for nominations that are collaborative in nature. So involves many different sectors in figuring out an environmental solution. We're releasing this episode a couple days after our nominations launch with a brand new revamped uh, listing of categories which are more inclusive and more open to the idea of collaboration. So make sure to check them out on our website, emeraldfoundation.ca. And here's the episode. One of the lovely things in, in a, a project that has so many different disciplines is they all get to bring their different areas of expertise uh, and the project wouldn't be the same without all of those different insights and, and knowledge. What was fabulous was that the parks, public art and water services, water resources collaborating on a vision for a place in the city for treatment of water but also for a new park. So it was really one of those kind of catch-all, how can we make the most benefit out of this kind of a project? That's Tristan Surtees, one half of Saint-Fasson, and we'll be hearing again from him a little later on. Saint-Fasson is a company that describes itself as an art practice that responds to the relationship between people and place. In other words, they're artists. And the project Tristan is referring to is Dale Hodges Park, a large natural environment park that lies along the northern bank of the Bow River in Calgary, Alberta, which was the site of the former Clippert Gravel Pit. Dale Hodges Park took home the Shared Footprints Category Award presented by Alberta Real Estate Foundation at the 2019 Emerald Awards. 
Now this area was a super popular destination in Calgary. People would come walk their dog in this area, ride their bikes. Basically, it was a space beloved by close by communities. But it was also the source of frustration for residents because this gravel pit took up so much space. It was fenced off. So naturally residents wanted something done about it. So my name is Carolyn Bowen and I'm manager of watershed planning at the city of Calgary in water resources. And today we are on the escarpment of Dale Hodges Park, which is a, a 16 hectare park um, along the Bow River. Our mandate is to make sure that we have a healthy and resilient watershed for now and for future generations. And that means protecting Calgarians from flooding. It means making sure that we have a long-term sustainable water supply, making sure that our rivers stay healthy, and also um, connecting Calgarians with, uh, with the watershed and educating Calgarians on water efficiency and all aspects of the watershed. I'm going to jump in here. I know you're thinking we were just talking about a park. What does this have to do with water? And what exactly is a watershed? So a watershed is the whole land area that when it rains, it drains into, into the rivers. So it really is comprised of all of the land, all of the tributaries, the creeks, and they drain into the river. So we are looking at our Bow River watershed, which extends up to the Rocky Mountains, to the Bow Glacier and Bow Lake, and all of the area that drains into the Bow River and Elbow River. So we want to make sure we manage the stormwater so that when it rains or snows, this water doesn't get dumped directly into our rivers. In other words, we need to filter it first, get rid of all of those solids and pollutants. And we can do this by slowing down the journey the water takes before it hits the river. The longer the journey, the cleaner the water gets. So we are we were sitting on an uncut gem um, in terms of the the area right by the river. It was a former uh, gravel pit, and um, you know Parks was looking at how do we restore, how do we look at uh, creating a beautiful park for citizens. Um, at the same time, the city was also needing stormwater management. So. How do we collect all the stormwater, clean it before it goes into the river from various communities around? So, um, you know, with those two objectives in mind, um, the, the city was looking at, at, at how we do both of those functions. And so we started looking at that collectively. This land was the perfect place to treat this water because on that land, there were stormwater pipes carrying untreated stormwater from eight different communities. Think of a space the size of 12,000 hockey rinks, which is a huge part of the city. So the city of Calgary purchased the land to both restore it, but also address these pipes carrying untreated stormwater into the Bow River. And this is where the story gets interesting. The city of Calgary decided to team up with multiple groups that all brought unique perspectives to the table. They brought on landscape architects, engineers, and artists to create a space that would restore the land and engage the citizens of Calgary with their watershed. 
My name is Chris Manderson. I'm the Urban Conservation Lead with Calgary Parks. And uh, part of my job is thinking about how we protect and maintain urban ecosystems here in the city of Calgary. So Chris's job is to help protect nature and wildlife in the city of Calgary. His team played a major role in determining how to make the most of this land. There's sort of an interesting journey in a lot of ways in terms of what we ended up doing with the land. And, and, and my perspective is um, I'm, I'm a biologist. Um, part of what we do is we think about restoration of landscapes and by ecological restoration, I mean putting back native ecosystems. So our, our initial thinking on that site was we would take a gravel pit and simply do that, put back what would have naturally occurred there, which in southern Alberta, along major rivers and places like this, you would expect to see a poplar forest. Balsam poplar or cottonwood is what some people might know about it. And, and we actually started doing some of that planning work in the mid to late 2000s. Um, and that was, that was the intent all along. Um, Sort of around that same time and a few years prior to that, we started talking a lot more about um, public art and, and how public art can play a role in uh, shaping our park spaces, telling stories about what we as a city do when we do things like run a, um, a utility, a stormwater drainage and water management system and also perhaps tell a, a story about the landscape itself. And we were then also approached by our water utility partners who were really interested in finding a place where they could treat a very significant un, um, unmanaged drainage system that treats all of north, northwest Calgary um, before it hits the Bow River. Obviously a fairly important outcome for them is if we, the cleaner the water we have that enters the Bow River, the, the better it is for everyone. Um, now, that it can be a challenge for, for the work I do because a conventional approach to, to treating stormwater is you, you big, dig a big hole, you build what's called a stormwater wet pond, uh, which can be quite efficient in, in helping clean up the water, but doesn't really address some of the things that I would like to see in an ecosystem restoration. It's, it's water, but it's not necessarily a habitat. So it was that balance of what's, what's the happy medium that you find? How do I get as much habitat as I can? How do they get the efficiency that they need um, in, in treating the water? But we, we, we decided that it made the most sense, I, I think, for the greater good to think about blending the two together. So we, we went into the, the design exercise with the idea of looking at a way of integrating a stormwater treatment system into a park uh, and restoring habitat as much as we could. Um, but uh, we, we went into that with a couple of things that we did a little bit differently, is that we, we looked at it from the perspective of an opportunity to, um, to think about public art helping to tell that story. And this is where lead artists Tristan Surtees and Charles Blanc from Sans Façon come in. Sans Façon, along with the City of Calgary, created a program called Watershed Plus, which aims to create an emotional connection between people and the watershed. So artists were an integral part of this project. But what defines an artist? Partly because it's hard to define is partly why it works, I think. Um, I think artists, uh, artists are trained in, in most fields um, 
to really interrogate and explore a question, not necessarily just to find the answer, which I think is some of the differences between design and, and art, is that design is often the pursuit of finding the perfect answer to something. Artists are often trying to explore the breadth and complexity. They often make things more, um, more complicated, more uh, nuanced, more diverse than, than what you might find in design. And I think artists, whether it's in a painting, whether it's a sculpture in a gallery, or whether it's a public artwork in the public realm, the artists I admire are the ones that really try and explore what it really means to do that work and how people are going to come to that experience. Not to think what I want them to think, but invite them to question the thing that I'm also fascinated by. It allows a, a certain sensitivity to come through. That's Charles Blanc, the other half of Sans Façon. Artists are actually usually quite good at not finding solutions but asking different questions and allowing to look at a problem from a different angle. And that is something I think a lot of creative practices are, are tuned into being able to look at something and not trying to find the answer straight away, but seeing what's interesting in it or what's challenging or what's, what's difficult and bringing a different way of looking at it. So there was uh, AECOM, source to source on the water engineering side. There was O2 planning design and the landscape architecture side for parks. And there was ourselves as a lead artist for Watershed Plus working on the public art element of the site. But the real strength of it, I think, are um, when those, when you can't see the edges between the different disciplines. Those, those are where it really sings. So I can't point at one bit and said, I, I just did that, that's my public art. I can point at the whole thing and say, this is what we all did together. Um, and I think that's one of the things, that certainly for me, I'm most proud of, is that it was through the effective collaboration from the very outset that we can create places like this. And then when you hand it over to people in the construction industry who really understand, so this was Wilco Southwest constructed the project, they work hand in hand with you and understand the sort of sensitivity and the nuances of different elements, that it can't just be, it's not, it can't just work, it needs to bring people closer to it. And as soon as that makes sense, they understand that there's a different passion for everybody in making projects like this come into the world, because it's not just about doing it, it's about what, how other people come to experience it. Within seven years, this gravel pit by the river was transformed into an incredible park that takes you through this story of how stormwater gets treated. It's hard to describe this park in a way that gives it justice. So if you're ever in Calgary, you need to check it out. But I'm going to read an excerpt from the artist statement, which you can find on the City of Calgary's website. It said, Instead of an invisible system disconnected from citizens, we chose to use the journey of the stormwater and its part in the creation of different habitats to be apparent throughout. The design expresses the stages of this active treatment train and the role of the stormwater management system in a kinetic and expressive way. It really is about relationships and from the very early stages of our first visits to Calgary, um, the people that were really generously spending their time, actually one of the people I think you'll interview later today, Chris Manderson, was the first person to show us a picture of this site from pretty much where we're stood now. He'd taken a picture uh, when it was a quarry 
uh, and there was a Nissan hut in the middle of it. Um, and it was, look at this incredible site. Look at the potential for this. And there was no intention necessarily of doing a project. It was like, there's, a, there's an opportunity here to really do something special with this place. Uh, and it was the first site visit we came on and it was snowing and, and there was, you know, big piles of gravel had been sort of left as an industrial site, just walked away. Um, he could see the potential, as could the water folks, as could we as artists. It's like, this is, this is too good an opportunity to miss. But then being able to create, actually, not just reclimate the site, but being able to um, solve another problem, another issue around stormwater, and instead of having it as a problem, have it as an asset on the site that creates habitat, and then also to think about how we create a place for the public, and as a, as a public park, and what the character of that should be, um, and bringing all those things together, that, that, was, that was the nucleus of, of where the project really came from, was how do you bring all of those different disciplines to the same place and get the most out of all of them together? So collaboration was really important for this project because you really had you know, at least three different objectives for this project. You had the objective of a, a functional stormwater system. Um, we had the objective of creating uh, a beautiful multi-use park um, that protects a lot of the natural environment. Um, and we also had an opportunity to to embed public art in this area. So you've got three different objectives and collaboration was critical because how do we come together and create you know, a beautiful output that, that aligns with all three different objectives. Collaboration was the key to the success of this project. There were many different groups involved in the creation of Dale Hodges Park. So we thought we would ask for some advice based on their experience of this collaborative project. You know, collaboration is really about listening, understanding, and being open to other ideas. And um, the more that we can, the more that you can do that, the better it's going to be. And I, I do think finding those commonalities, uh, creating a shared vision or a shared outcome is really important. I think if you're all working towards, you know, that North Star, you've got a line of sight, um, I, I think it becomes a lot easier. If, if everyone's working with different objectives, it becomes very difficult, but I think, you know, we need agreement on what that North Star is. I think one of the, the things was that there was a space where we took a bit of risk. Um, a very easy thing to do in, in, in our, our jobs is, is to, to go with the tried and true. Um, and to not do that is risky. Um, it has to be done in, in an environment where there is trust. Um, and, and a willingness to look, to maybe put aside your preconceptions of, uh, of how things should be and, and imagine something that could be a little more different um, and maybe sometimes you're not quite sure how it's going to work. It's listening and when you come into a conversation you always need to listen to what's being discussed first before putting your voice forward. And trying to understand where different people come from and what their goals are instead of budging in and telling people what to do.
it actually blows my mind when I think about I used to bike here years and years ago and to see it where it is now is absolutely amazing. I've talked to so many people who are absolutely blown away by um, just the the beauty of uh, again the infrastructure. People don't even realize that it's a functional piece of infrastructure. It's just so beautiful. I, I, I tell you brutally honestly, I, I really hate revisiting sites of projects where we've where we've made them, um, apart from Dale Hodges Park, <laughs> and partly because I think it you know this. This park isn't just ours, it's, it's everybody who worked on the team, and actually it's not even ours. The, the nice thing about the first day it opened to the public was it was instantly theirs. Um, this community was crying out for, to have access to this site for years and years and years. And so uh, to tour people around it, to take people here, or just to watch people use it, um, it's hugely rewarding. You know, it, it's a completely functioning piece of infrastructure. Now for the big question, what on earth can we do? I think right now it's a, it can often feel like an overwhelming question. You know, what, what can you do is just this one person in these, that particular moment and, and how do you take on what is the artist's place in society right now and, and how can we address some of these questions? Um, I think what artists do really well is invite us to explore questions in a more complex and more interesting way. It can bring us closer to a relationship and an understanding of some very complex ideas. Um, and in that, the, the answers are in us all, and, it, and it's in us working together to um, address those. I think we've somehow siloed off our different expertise, and that I think that, that, that's for artists too. We, we stand removed or we just work in galleries, and there's nothing wrong with working in galleries, but I think there's also a place in which that thinking that approach has a value and can be brought um, as, a, as a benefit. Uh, it's a different kind of expertise into the mix of some of the bigger questions that we're addressing in, in society, whether it's environmental, social, or, or even economic, is how do we think about these problems in a different way and how do we collectively address them? By understanding our, our natural systems and you know understanding where our rainwater goes and our snowmelt, you become more aware that it's it's going into our river and what we put down our drains goes directly into the river. So you know things like that. And I think um, our water use as well, like really being conscious of how much water we're using, it takes a lot of a lot of water and a lot of money and uh, energy to actually treat water. The less water we can use, uh, the better it is for the environment. It's important to me and I think it would be important to most people is people need, and, and, and I think they, we all know this, you need a connection to your landscape. You know, the, the most people, many people identify themselves by, by who they are, where they live, and the, and the landscape that they, they grew up in or, or now live in. Um, and Calgary is a landscape. The prairies, to me, is a landscape. Um, and so think about your connection to that landscape and, and what's important to you about where you live. Uh, so, you know, when I think about Dale Hodges and Beaumont Park, to me, it's it's the 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 mix of the prairies and the cottonwood forest and the and the river itself is a really compelling part of of this part of southern Alberta, and 
it, it's a space I think I like to be in. I think most people love being in this sort of a space. Um, and I think if you think about what you can do is one, think about that connection to the landscape and think about what's important to you where you live. Um, and conservation of, of these, these spaces I think is really very important and it's something that um, I as a civil servant can only do very little uh, about. Um, but what is a much more powerful tool is, is the voice of people that care about these places. Um, so just being able to know your landscape, know what's important to you and tell people about it. Find ways to understand how that landscape functions and uh, what's, what's important in sustaining it, be, be it here in the city or in Kananaskis country or wherever. Um, understand the challenges that these spaces face uh, by us using them by us abusing them um, and, and understand what the challenges are in maintaining them in, in sustainably into the future. Um, and, and when you talk about protecting a park in a city, it's the decisions we take around it in terms of how the city grows, what we value for protection. Um, all of those things that come from being an informed and an educated citizen about our own footprint and our impact on the environment really does go a long way in shaping policy and plans and, and gives people like me and Tristan and Charles and others the freedom to think about designing parks like this. So, so that's the key for me is think about how you're connected to your landscape. Oh, Colleen, what an amazing group of human beings. I miss being able to walk around that park. It was so stunning to be able to, you know, walk through a piece of very natural art at times it felt like it wasn't art it was nature that was always there but everything was man-made what was your experience like when tristan took us through the park and showed us all how the storm water gets treated it just gave me so much more of an appreciation for um how cities treat the, the stormwater, which in all honesty, I don't think I ever thought of before. <laughs> and that's why we do this. <laughs> um, yeah, I. It, it's interesting because this is a, a little bit more of a, a difficult uh, one for us to take away things, but I definitely feel like I, I have a couple ideas mm-hmm. of how I'm inspired by the by this example of Dale Hodges Park and the importance of collaboration. Um, for myself, I, I've i always had this thought in a lot of the work that I do, but um, I feel like it's so important to surround yourself with uh, different people from different walks of life who have different experiences to, because they're gonna see things a different way than than you might. And through that, you have such an amazing opportunity to create something unexpected. I completely echo that statement. I think what is so cool about this project in particular was that they took something that I think most people would find super boring and made it into art and made it into something that's cool and can be enjoyed by so many different types of people. There was one thing that both Charles and Tristan said that really resonated with me where it said where they said 
how they got to this point was by asking questions instead of always just quickly looking for the answers, always trying to find the solutions. Oh is, yeah, the, the the difference between a designer and art, uh, and an artist. Mm-hmm, exactly. So asking those different types of questions and getting that from a bunch of different expertise, it you just get this 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 incredible product really that you wouldn't get normally if you had just gone with one particular group. So what on earth are we going to do, Colleen? <laughs> I feel like this was more of like a, I read a business self-help book as opposed to <laughs> something that we usually do. Because really what I took away from this was um, look for diverse perspectives on, you know, the work that I tackle or, you know, the people that we bring onto our podcast and we're just going to get something better and better every day. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that that's totally fine because um, part of what on earth we can do is be open to new perspectives um, and differing perspectives. Um, there's such a desire to be shut down right now or, or that polarization. And I think that it's important to remain open. Um, mine's a little bit hokier. I don't know. Um, <laughs> what? But... You hokey? No. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, but walking through that park... Um, was just so inspiring and I, I think that you know just taking some time to be outdoors and to and be be part of be part of nature whether it's whether it's natural or, or man-made um I, I think was really inspiring for me to walk away from awesome that was really great well Thanks. i think that's a wrap What on Earth Can We Do is presented by the Alberta Emerald Foundation, a non-for-profit charity that showcases and inspires our province's environmental achievements. The guests are Emerald Award recipients. Nominations for the 30th Annual Emerald Awards open on November 2nd, 2020 and close February 12th, 2021 at emeraldfoundation.ca. We would like to thank our sponsors, ABCRC, the Alberta Real Estate Foundation, the City of Edmonton, the City of Calgary, the Government of Alberta, and Syncrude Canada Limited. To learn more about our programs or to make a donation, please visit emeraldfoundation.ca. On the next episode of What on Earth Can We Do? Colleen wishes she was young again. Gregory dresses inappropriately for the weather. Again. And we learn how to engage young people in the environmental movement. Again. <laughs>